You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi Fi. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, honest, and authentic morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, December 12, 2016. Our special guest today on the hotline bling is the newly crowned champion, four-time champ, Abne Mades. So please hang on tight. We're going to speak to him around the 30-minute mark this morning. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime, creator and founder of BadCulture.net, contributor for Black Sports Online, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? Good morning, RB, and good morning, Boxing World. Just really excited after coming off of a jam-packed weekend full of boxing as we round the corner on 2016, heading into the end of the year with one more big fight card that we'll talk before as we get into the show. And today's hot question, what I really want to know from the fight fans is, where do you rank Jamal Charlo after this weekend's victory over Julian Williams? Where do you rank him in the middleweight Mm. division? I want to know. Make sure you hit us on Twitter and use the hashtag, TMPS. That is a great, great question. It was a really good fight this weekend. I know Jamal Carlo opened up a lot of eyes. He's getting a lot of attention now. He's getting some credibility. So really good question. Um, we actually already got a ton of people online who have responded to your question today. So we'll make sure to share all of their thoughts and opinions as well. The lines are open. Call 718-508-9852. Press 1 if you want to play Know It or Blow It and win some free stuff from the RagingDave.com store. Or press 1 if you just want to talk to RB&J, speak your piece, talk to us about this weekend's fights. So we got some word on the curb for you guys later. We're going to catch you up with some things that happened last week that may have been swept under the rug or you may have missed it. But let's start out. Let's punch in, Jay. Let's go to Omaha on HBO and let's recap Saturday night's fights from Omaha. How about that? Yes. Omaha, Nebraska, right. the battleground for the champ Terrence Crawford. Yes. So the HBO telecast opened up with a fight from New Zealand. Joseph Parker edged out Andy Ruiz to capture the WBO title. Joseph Parker now wants the guys like Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. He wants unification fights. Here's the cool thing that happened last week is Bob Arum flew over to New Zealand and actually signed Joseph Parker before the mm. Andy Ruiz fight. It's kind of like Bob knew the deal. Like, he kind of knew, I think, that Joseph Parker was going to win. And so he signed him up. And, and there's a lot of heavyweight fights out there right now, isn't there? I mean, think about it. There's a lot of exciting action. A lot of opportunity for matches to be made. Some more competitive than others, but still some exciting fights that can happen. Right. Mike Reed, our boy Mike Reed from Washington, D.C., he was on the Unsubscribe telecast. He did win a unanimous decision. Uh, Got some word on the curb about him a little later, so stay tuned for that. But he's been fighting some really rugged, tough Mexican guys lately. And he's he's a slick southpaw from D.C., but I think 17 is probably going to be his breakout year. Um, he's, He's got a big fight lined up, so stay tuned for word on the curb for that. So on to the main event, Crawford versus John John Molina. Well, let's talk about how John Molina weighed in at 144 (laughs) pounds on Friday, four pounds over the contracted weight. 
He looked flabby. He looked gray. He looked sunken in. Yeah, he, 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 I don't know if he trained or ran or, or did anything for this fight. Um, but anyway, here comes fight night, and he looked drunk. I mean, oh. he was, he came to fight, don't get me wrong, but he was discombobulated, drunk, all over the place. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a pretty fight. Not at all. I got home from uh, the card that we're going to talk about next, and I tuned into the fight because I was just so curious. I knew the outcome, but I wanted to watch it anyway, just because of who John Molina is. And I was so severely disappointed. About 20 seconds in, I had to ask myself, what in the hell is going on here? He looked flabby. He looked asleep. He looked like he had a shot before, maybe some liquid courage before he got out there. And I'm not trying to slander him, but he really looked like trash, and he knew it too. He did. Crawford, let's talk about the good things. Crawford yes. is very precise. He was landing at will. Uh, you know, he had Molina pretty much chasing him around, swinging wild. He missed pretty much every time. I think the end of the show, they showed the stats, and John Molina landed at like 12% of oh, his wow. punches. I mean, it was something so ridiculous like that. Crawford, he's just on another level. And, yes, he's probably 10 times level, you know, levels above John Molina, but even – in the whole division. I mean, this guy, his body work was vicious. He had Molina slumped over in the eighth. We haven't really seen anybody do that to John Molina. Right, right, including Ruslan that everybody was beating the drum for. We see you, trolls. We see you. Right, right. So word on the curve on this fight is that, you know, when he came in four pounds over, they, they weren't very interested in losing any of the pounds. So right. they were chilling. Well, Team Crawford's like, hold up, you're in our city. This ain't PBC. This ain't Heyman nothing. You're in our city. This is this is Crawford. So they asked for a significant amount of money, and mm. something was worked out, and that is why the fight did go on. Word on the curb is Terrence Crawford got around 50000 from John Molina for weighing in four Woo. pounds over. Woo! That's not a little bit of money out of your purse. That's a nice little chunk right. of change. Yeah. So um, I think that Molina may also have had to pay some of the sanctioning fees. I think that oh. was maybe part of the deal where even though he blew the weight and blew off the titles, they were like, hold up, you're still going to have to pay for some of this. So right. uh, Crawford and then really stood their ground. And, and so did top rank, but it was more Team Crawford where they're like, look, we don't care that you're here with the Watson twins or that you're with Heyman or you PVC. Like, that's not how we get down over here. So they, they got what they wanted and good for them. Uh, moving on. Well, you know what? What's next for Crawford? Obviously, Pacquiao. HBO is going to have to force Pacquiao to fight this guy. I mean, that's all there is to it. If not, who does he fight? He needs to fight a name, Jay. Who would you like to see Crawford fight next? At 140, let's see. He already took out Postal. What's really left out there but the Pacquiao fight at 140? We can look at the rankings, mm -hmm. but Crawford is leaps and bounds above who is currently competi competitive at the the light welterweight division that's only the real fight out there one that is not only financially beneficial but even remotely competitive over if you look at the 140 there's ricky burns been there, done mm, that. Yeah, we fought him 
yeah. Edward Troyanovsky, but's not going over mm-hmm. to Russia, and Russia's not going to send him over here. Other than that, Orozco, not worth it. Amiri Mom, not worth it. Bartholomew, not worth it. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, Bartholomew Crawford would be a decent fight. Stay Cool Wheels from Philadelphia just hit us with Broner. Now, that, that would be a fun, decent fight. Crawford, Broner. Yeah. Um, I also think now that we saw that Crawford and Molina was able to be made and that top rank was able to work with Al Heyman, what about Terrence Crawford versus Mikey Garcia next year? Ooh. Well, you know, I caught up with Mikey Garcia over the weekend, and he's still keeping it real tight-lipped. His, Of course, his focus is on the fight that's coming up in January to try to get a title back. So there's no telling. According to him, he still has not signed voter. And mm-hmm. it, it's definitely, it's still an option. If he ends up signing with Richard Schaefer, Richard Schaefer said that he wants to do business with people that perhaps were cut off from him before. They had political reasons for why they weren't working with each other. So it's mm-hmm. definitely not unheard of for Garcia yep. Crawford, Crawford Garcia to happen in the future. So then maybe Richard Schaefer coming back with a promotional company isn't too much of a bad thing because if he's going to be able to sign some PBC fighters, let's say he does sign Michael Garcia, let's say he does sign the Charlo brothers or whoever, that he will be able to maybe conduct business with top rank. You know, it's not Heyman at that point. It would be promoter working with promoter. So um, interesting points there, Jay. Listen, the the phone lines are open, 718-508-9852. If you want to speak to RB&J, press 1. Jay will see your number light up, light up and know to bring you on the show. So just press that's one, right. and that's how we know that you want to come on. Moving yeah. on to Mexico on <laughs> BN Español, a fight that I didn't see, but Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. returned. Not only did he make weight, but he Easily. won a solid decision over Dominic British, or however you say that guy's last name. So mm-hmm. a win for him. He said he's back. He's focused all serious now you know he, he's not going to mess around no more we've heard this before so uh i don't know if we believe him if he's lying or whatever but he did get a good solid win in mexico yes he did the chatter among chavez jr in the media section here in los angeles was he was given an ultimatum by al Heyman. this is hearsay but this is what the word was in la that if he didn't look make weight and look impressive in this fight that he was going to get dropped from the stable and left to his own devices to fight down in Mexico. So maybe this is his first step on the way back to prominence because he did look like he had something out there. But, hey, I hope he makes it. I hope he makes it. Boxing is definitely better with him in it and competitive than not. Yeah. And, you know, he is still a name. People tune in because you just don't know what you're going to get from this guy He's always in an entertaining fight, whether he's losing or winning or quitting or whatever. So, uh, anyway, let's move on to the Showtime card because we are expecting Abnimaris to call at the 30-minute yeah. mark. So, let's get through the big Showtime championship boxing card Saturday night. Let's start out. Let's go to Manchester where IBS heavyweight world champion Anthony Joshua retains the crown with the third-round knockout over Eric Molina. No shocker there. Definitely wasn't an upset. But, you know, Eric Molina, he wasn't intimidated. But there wasn't really any hope for him either. He was walking straight into right hands. He's another one that was pretty discombobulated in there. He was being bullied. 
I'm not crowning Anthony Joshua for beating and smashing Eric Molina, but I am crowning him for coming out the Nas. He came out with some Nas, and I was like, what? All right, Anthony, I see you over there in Manchester. His last three wins, (laughs) his last three wins, he looked monstrous. But his last three wins were against Charles Martin, Dominic Brazil, and Eric Molina. So, you know, how much of a monster is he really? So what's next for him? Eddie Hearn jumps in the ring. Eddie Hearn, the God promoter. (laughs) And he announced Anthony Joshua versus Vladimir Klitschko, April 29th at Wembley. Now, that's how you make a fight. That's right. That's a good fight. That's a great fight for the young, the young strong champion. That's a great fight for the old man. The old man still got a little bit of something in the take, especially since he's had some time off when the Tyson Fury fight fell, about, fell apart. One thing we can agree upon, it was not a good weekend to be named Molina in boxing this weekend. Everybody named Molina took an L this weekend and a bad L at that. As for Anthony Joshua, once again, we can't crown him yet. If he beats down Vladimir Klitschko in a more decisive fashion than Tyson Fury, the Tyson Fury bout was just kind of boring and they just kind of jabbed away at each other. But if he knocks down the old man, I don't know. I don't know. Bring on Deontay Wilder if he knocks down the old man. That's a great that, fight. That That's the big fight, Jay. That's the fight right there. Is That's the fight that me and Jay are going to. If they make Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder, at wherever, in London, we need to get out to the U.K. anyway, Jay. We but sure that, do. That would be sure the does. fight to go to. That That's a big, big fight. Eddie Hearn, for the most part, is always willing to make lucrative fights. I wish other promoters would do that or other advisors, managers, whatever they call themselves these days, but he's always really willing to make lucrative fights, and that's what I like about Eddie Hearn. I'm not saying he's perfect. I know a lot of people rip on him too, but look, as soon as Joshua got that win over Eric Molina, they announced his next fight, April 29th. Boom. Joshua in the post-fight press conference was very classy. He speaks mm-hmm. well. He looks yes. good. Sure does. I don't got nothing <laughs> bad to say about him, Jay. He needs good musical choices, <laughs> great interviews. He's not, uh, you know, a lot of critique that heavyweights get these days is that they were other athletes and they kind of fell into boxing. This is a kid that came up in boxing mm-hmm. as a youth that he owned up to. You know, that's the story come up about him. That kid is really the total package. And Eddie Hearn really hit the, the mother load when he signed that kid. That was sure he the MVP for that one. Other notable wins from Manchester. I'm just going to breeze through these just in case you missed the results online or you didn't watch. Luis Ortiz stops David Allen. Cal Yafai dominated Luis Concepcion to win the WBA title. Scott Quigg drills Jose Cayantano in the featherweight debut. Uh, Katie Taylor dominated Vivian Obenoff. And Tesora White got the split nod over Derek Tesora which many are saying that white Chisora fight is candidate for fight of the year. Many are screaming for a rematch. I've been told by at least 100 people that I need to watch that fight. I did not get a chance to see it. Jay, did you by any chance? Neither. I've been trying to watch that fight, too. I was catching up on the fights. I went to uh, the fight I went to and still wanted to see some of it back at home. And then I watched the Crawford fight. And then Sunday I was just off the grid. But I will be watching 
Dylan White this week. So we'll probably, um, you know, we might touch upon it next week. You never know. Or hit us yeah. on Twitter. We're on Twitter every day. We'll talk about it. Let's strong, do it. Strong, strong candidate of for Fighter of the Year by a lot of people in the media, a lot of the fans. So it must be up there. It must have been good. So let's fly on over to L.A. where Jay covered the Kayar Mars card um, leading up to the event and on fight night. Jay, I want to start out by talking about Ringstar Sports, which is Richard Schaefer's yes. new promotional company. You've been covering this event leading up to the event and want to talk about Richard Schaefer and how he has rolled out the red carpet and how the media was treated and just the event overall before we get into the results. Richard Schaefer is definitely back in a vengeance and he definitely respects the media and values their input into the sport. The organization of the event was great all week. Everything was timely. Everyone was accessible. And it was a great event to cover. Not only that, he hosted a media dinner here in Los Angeles. He had some fighters there. Mikey Garcia was there. Deontay Wilder was there. His new signees, uh, the two brothers, and his newest signee, the Olympian, Misael, were all there. Uh, media came in from the East Coast. Dan Rayfield was there. Mike Coppinger. A lot of people were there. And he's being really open. He says he's really excited to be back in the game. He liked his format before. He said some of the things that he noticed during his time off is people just don't promote their events anymore. He was seeing some good fights. I'm not going to mention a fight that particularly stood out to him, but he just questioned where was the promotion? He said, I've been driving around. I didn't see any billboards for that fight. I didn't see any type of promotion or a partnership with a beer to give a coupon uh, to people who were purchasing the fight. And just the overall feeling from Schaefer's point of view is that no one was promoting their events and he's ready to get back in it, do full scale promotion, celebrate these athletes, make sure the public knows about it, make sure the media knows about it. And he just seems really fired up and ready to get back out there. And also says that he's more than willing to work with everybody. He doesn't have those old demons hanging around. He says he's anxious to work with Oscar De La Hoya again. He's obviously he's working with Al Heyman, but all the other promoters top rank, he is very, very open and ready to work with anybody. So ready to work back with Oscar De La Hoya that during the, mm. the dinner, he, he welcomed everybody back and it was a pleasure <laughs> to sign some guys, the golden boy, like wait, no. wrong promoter, bro. wrong promoter. But Hey, He's back, and I'm sure the sport will be better for him in it. If if we keep on this roll out, uh, rolling out these matches that Showtime has a mat, has announced at the beginning of the year, this could be a good good bounce back year for boxing for matches. Well, anyway, matchmaking. I, I'm I'm gonna stay optimistic, and I'm gonna um, hope believe what he's saying because it would be good for the sport. I don't right. know if Oscar and company would be so willing to work with him, but Let's just be optimistic about it because there's some good fights that could be made there. So, Jay, let's go to the card. Lenny yes. um, Zapovinga? Yes. Did I say his name? And yep. Eric Lubin were triumphant. You want to open up with the uh, Eric Lubin knockout over Juan Cabrera? Eric, Eric, Eric Lubin, that kid is ready. to. Uh, shout out to him for his Yeezys and Richard Schaefer. Eric Lubin no trouble dismantling his opponent, winning by knockout in the second round. He got Juan Cabrera out of there. 
it was way down on the undercard. But really, when you take these type of fights and at, you're at the point that you're at in your career, like Erickson Lubin, that's the way you're supposed to finish. You're not supposed to drag it along. You're supposed to go out there, handle your business, look spectacular, and get the win. So congratulations to him on a good win. Also on the undercard for this fight, Abner Morris is Morris. Uh, defeated Ivan C. Dixon. Oh, no, actually didn't defeat him. They fought to a draw, 38-38-38 from all of the judges. It was surprisingly a competitive fight considering Dixon had something to the effect of 15 losses. I think his record was 7-15 and 15 heading into the fight, but he came out, he had on his good Apollo Creed trunks, and he didn't get the email that he was supposed to fold up because he was really, really competitive. Where Don Morris goes from here, I'm sure he'll fight on the undercard if his big brother Abner uh, fights again. He's got some scary tattoos, though. I'm just saying. So that was a, a interesting bout. But heading into the the fight against Zappa Zappa Vinga Zappa Vinga versus um, Lip, Lipinitz, that fight was fantastic. It was explosive. Woo! That fight was fire. They came out, Zappavinga was supposed to be the B-side in that fight. You had Freddie Roach versus uh, um, across the ring. I think Robert Garcia was the trainer in the other corner. And it was just a highly competitive fight. Zappavinga was pulling ahead. He was outworking. He was punching. He was slugging. And then we, all of a sudden, we head into the eighth round, and Lipinitz got his collection his thoughts together and he came from underneath and he knocked Zappa Vigna clean out. There was a lot of cuts, there were a lot of blood, there was a lot of bullying, there's just a lot of brawling and it was a great, great fight that should have been, you know, an aftermath on the main broadcast. But he's himself lucky because it was a really fantastic fight. Now it was, with, it was a good bloody draw blah, brawl. Ooh. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was good. If you can find that fight online, see if you can go back and find that fight. Lipinitz, Sergei Lipinitz versus Zapovigna. Leonardo Zapovigna, eighth round knockout. That was, to, I mean, all of the fights were really good, but that fight was exceptional and bloody mm-hmm. and violent. Now, yeah. let's get into it. Charlo Williams. Yeah, so unbeaten Jamal Charlo retained his IBF belt with the fifth-round knockout over Julian Williams. I think a lot of people in their heart wanted Julian to win. He's just a really humble kid from Philly. He doesn't live outside of his means. It's really hard not to like him. But, you know, at the end of the day, Jamal, Jamal Charlo was so much stronger and so confident and so seasoned and precise. I mean, he looked like the more experienced and fresher fighter in there. Jay, he looked like an ox. I mean, that uppercut that put Williams down, it was like a sniper shot. That thing was so on the money. I don't know how Julian got up from that shot. And, you know, you've got to give Julian credit. And, hey, I'm okay with eating crow. I picked Julian to win. I've been beating the drum for him for years. I do feel that he was a bit inactive. And this has been the common theme with a lot of Heyman fighters, and they're not stepping up properly. But he wanted his shot. He fought through all them bullshit eliminators to get his shot, and this is what he wa- this is what he wanted. So it's either going to make him or break him. And I think with the character that he has, 
I think it's going to make him. I don't think a loss is going to break him or his spirit. But it was, it was actually a good couple rounds. The first four rounds were really competitive. But Charlo just looked that much better. He just looked so much stronger. I mean, Jay, I don't remember him looking like that against Austin Trout. Do you? I don't either. He looked huge, filled out, and strong and powerful. And what was so, what was even more intriguing to me about him winning by uppercut? When I think back to the Charlos, and I remember interviewing Jamal Charlo like three years ago, that wasn't even a real punch part of their arsenal. Everything about them was the jab, the jab, the jab, the jab that Ronnie Shields drilled into them that everything was supposed to work off of the jab. To see him mix it up and just with the precision and the perfect placement, hell, even his jabs were given Julian yeah. that work. My Let's God. talk about that jab. Let's talk about the jab that put him down. And I don't think he ever regained his legs after that first knockdown. And people are saying, oh, he must be chinny. We don't know if he's chinny because he wasn't ever really hit that hard. The commentators kept saying that Julian Williams has not lost a round in 10 fights. Now, while that may sound great, is that really good for a fighter that in your last 10 fights you have not lost a round? That may also mean that maybe you weren't chin tested, you know, right. where Charlo has had to face tougher competition and he has faced some adversity. He faced a lot of adversity with Austin Trout. Austin Trout did not get dropped in their fight and he went the distance. And a lot of people think Austin Trout might have pulled that fight off. Right, right. It, it, it was highly competitive, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the show. We'll go back to Charlo Williams, but I believe we have our first guest. Oh, excuse me. No. Oh, yes, we do. We have our first guest in the queue. Let's bring on the new. Good morning. Punch and show with RB and J. Who are we speaking to, and where are you calling from? How you doing? Yes, the new. I am Abner Mars, a new world champion. Thank God. I'm All right. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Good morning. It is a pleasure. You are up early on a Monday celebrating this new win, a spectacular win, a total fight. How does it feel to be back in that top spot? Well, first of all, yes, I'm really up early today, Monday. Uh, I had to take the kids to school, something that I, I've been missing since, you know, training camp and all. So I, it's it's time to, to, to put time now on my family and my kids. And uh, it's it's a great feeling, man. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful feeling to be world champion once again. Like I said, it's been a long time. I just, I feel, I feel great. I feel... I feel accomplished so so far, you know, I'm, I'm happy with myself. I'm happy with the uh, decision and just all the work that we put in, you know, for this camp and, and just for, for my career in general. You know, Abner, as I watched you during the fight week, the day that really stuck, other than fight night, of course, the day that really stuck out to me watching you was on Thursday at the press conference. You just, your, your address to the media was so heartfelt. You looked so comfortable and just completely at peace. The difference for this fight, working with Robert Garcia, was that the biggest difference? Because this just looked like a, 
a perfect, perfect marriage between trainer and fighter. Yes, without a doubt, I think I think it's um, it's it is really fair and and, and it's the honest truth to say that uh, that is that is the reason big the reason why I won this fight. You know, the the great team uh, Robert and myself have made. Uh, it's been a long time. Like I said, it's been a year training with Robert, and uh, I told you guys, I said at the press conference, you know what, you guys are going to see a different Abner to rejuvenize Abner Mares because uh, Robert brought that back in, in me, you know, as a fighter, as a person, that confidence and, and, and that boxing abilities that uh, I always knew I had, but just never brought it out, and he brought it out. What was so amazing watching your performance in the ring you threw so much variety. You punched, you brawled when you needed to. Your footwork was great. And not only that, Cuellar looked so much bigger than you in the ring. His arms looked massive, but to no avail. When he was able to land on you, was his power as significant as people made it out to be? Yeah, you know what? Uh, there's a there's a funny um, saying I was saying in, in Spanish when they asked me, "Hey, Cuellar looks way bigger than you, heavier." Uh, what? And, and my answer was, you know, I said, "No lo uh, ni que lo fuera cargar," and and mm-hmm. that translated is like, "I'm not gonna carry him. I'm not gonna pick him up." You know, doesn't matter if he's bigger, not doesn't matter if he's gonna blow up 20 pounds more. You know, come fight night at the end of the day, I'm not I'm not gonna carry him. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm going to box him, you know, so that's exactly what I did. I knew he was a big guy, you know, he is, and he's a big guy for a 126 uh, featherweight. I think he his weight is at 130, but um, mm-hmm. nevertheless, I never I never doubted myself. I never, never let that get to me because if you get that in your head, then, you know, you have doubts, and, mm-hmm. you know, I knew coming mm-hmm. in that he was a powerful puncher. He was a bigger guy, but, you know, then again, I knew of my abilities, which were – boxing you know being smart and and that's exactly what we did when you when you got the win and you dropped to your knees in that emotional moment it was really Mm. beautiful to witness ringside to see Rob down to his knees along with you what did you say to each other during that moment Oh man, I can't remember the exact words, but I remember the moment. I do remember the moment. You know, it was just beautiful. It was just, you know, just oh man, just accomplished. You know, we 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 just felt relieved. We felt like we did it. You know, we did it. I just remember those words. We did it. We did it. I knew it. And you know, you could go back and watch the watch the tape, the rerun, and 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 um, you see Robert's face. You know, he's happy. Like you know, we, we both became champions that night and um you know as a coach um he he uh he did it and I did it as a fighter so so it's a, it's a great feeling uh, obviously Robert um you know um him he actually he's the one that uh that that uh took Quayer to become a world champion and and to actually uh dethrone him and beat him with me uh, and take his championship back I think that's got to be a uh a mixed feeling, you know, that he he has, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. nevertheless, you know, um, he's happy with with my performance. And I, as a coach, I think he's he's just happy because I listen to every single word and every single advice that uh, that he told me to uh, to do in in that ring. Mattis, you know, talking about the raw emotion between you and Robert, you know, the the raw emotion of your wife at ringside. You know, they showed her on camera. And I just melted watching the TV screen because 
she was just so elated and happy. And I don't think a lot of people realize what the wives go through and what they endure in this business when their husband is a fighter, you know, and her raw emotion and screaming and crying, you know, what that meant to her, you know, what you guys have gone through as a family to get to this yeah, point again. I, I, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, my wife has been a big support, you know, in my, in my, my career, obviously in my life. Um, you know, she's always there for me. And obviously it, it's, it, it's, it's difficult, you know, for her just to watch. Um, I'm going to say real quick, my dad doesn't go to my fights. My mom doesn't go to my fights. My mom, uh, she last time she went to a fight was when I fought Johnny Gonzalez and I got knocked out and she said, son, uh-huh. <laughs> that's the last fight I go to. <laughs> and she has uh-huh. never been to any of my fights. She just watches it, you know, at home. And my dad, you know, he had a stroke, um, like maybe three years ago, um, just being nervous. So that lets you know it's just it's, it's difficult. So, um, yes, you can see her emotions, you can see her feelings are just, you know, a percentage that, that she was just mm-hmm. happy that uh, everything went well. Yeah, a lot of people I feel like had written you off, and now you're a four-time world champion, you know, that's got to feel good for everyone. And, you know, i got to say, your resume from 118 to 126 is just as good as anyone out there in the past seven to eight years. I mean, it's loaded, and I think the only – person that you may or not be missing on your resume is maybe like a Rigadal or a Donaire, but you fought everybody else. That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? I, I, I want to be known as that. I, I always said that I'm not, I'm not afraid of anyone. I, 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 and this is the honest truth. I'm not afraid of any fighter because at the end of the day, you know, they, I have two hands. I could defend myself. So I, and I say it, you know, sarcastically, but I, it's true. The only, the only people I'm afraid of is obviously God my wife and my mom, those are the only three, <laughs> three, uh, three people I'm afraid of, but not, not, no one else. <laughs> um, so there was somebody on Twitter the other night who was talking real, real heavy, and that was Frank Espinosa. I think he used to be managed by him. And he was really, really mm-hmm. talking heavy that he would love to make Oscar Valdez versus Abner Vares in 2017. Is that feasible? Is that possible, you think? I think yeah, I think that's possible. Definitely, obviously, I I, I heard there's rumors about uh, Al Hammond working now with um, with um, with uh, Top Rank. So yeah, I think I think it's um, it's reasonable. I think it could happen. And if that fight happens in the future, I'm more than willing. Obviously, uh, Oscar Valdez, he's a great champion. Um, he's a, uh, definitely a great fighter, strong fighter. Um, obviously, um, he just became world champion. One, he's got one defense. So. So I, I mean, again, I'm I will fight anyone. So um, I, again, nothing personal against Frank Espinosa. Definitely, he wants his fighter to fight the best. So if if he mm-hmm. feels that um, this, this is a great fight, then let's do it. You know, Abner, watching you back out there and with uh, Richard Schaefer at the helm with Ringstar Sports, I remember back when Richard Schaefer. He's always been a huge fan of yours, and he's. Mm-hmm definitely were among his pound-for-pound best fighters that he has ever seen. How gratifying was it to be back with Richard Schaefer and and putting on a great show? Oh, man, it's a great feeling. You know what? Back in the dressing room, and I've always said it, and this is the truth, the only person, win or lose, that will go to the dressing room and, 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 and just 
just be there for me will be Richard Schaefer. Every, when I was a Golden Boy, Richard Schaefer, before the fight and after the fight, he would always show up. Even in my one defeat with uh, Johnny Gonzalez, he came back to the dressing room and gave me a hug. He said, Admiral, this is nothing. You're going to come back. We've got good fights for you. And we're reminiscing. And he said one thing that, that really is the honest truth. He said, Abner, you were the first, and this is the truth. And, and Golden Boy never really mentioned it. I was their first grown world champion that they brought up. Mm. That company, I was their first yep. world champion. Mm-hmm. And now with Ringstar, I'm their first champion. So, you know, he's like, Abner, this is amazing, a great feeling for him. Uh, I know Richard personally. He's, he's a great friend of mine outside of the ring, outside of boxing business. Um, you know, great person, beautiful person, his family. And I got nothing but the ultimate respect for him and obviously the gratitude for him letting me fight under his banner. All right. Well, one final question before we wrap it up and let you get some uh, breakfast this morning and some chilaquiles or something good this morning. I already know. You know, I sent my spies over there. The most important thing that we know is how did the Banda do? We know you take your Bonda seriously. How did they do Saturday night? Are, are they pound-for-pound pound champions on, on the instruments? They, they are one of the best, one of the best. Lisa Chaitis, he's one of the best upcoming artists right here in L.A., uh, Gray Vanda. And, yes, I, I'm one fanatic in that music. <laughs> and, like, you know, I always like my live music. So, yes, they won. And after the fight, we, we had them playing late night. So definitely, definitely, I want to thank him, and obviously, thank you guys. Thank you guys for the uh, the opportunity to um, interview me for the time. Thank you everybody uh, for 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 having faith in me. The ones that didn't, well, welcome back. <laughs> thank That's you for, okay. For um, always yeah, trusting and there's uh, admirators for many, many more years. God willing. All right. Well, we appreciate you. Congratulations again, and enjoy your time off before we see you in the ring again. Thank you so much. You have a beautiful morning. You too. All right. Boxing Universe, we are going to take a quick commercial. Get back. We'll talk a little bit more Charlo Williams and maybe play some No Order Blowing. Are you looking for a website that has all the latest and upcoming boxing events plus unique and stylish boxing shirts and hoodies for men and women? Go check out RagingBabe.com. It's your one-stop shop for the most current boxing info and fresh boxing apparel for him and her. Shop online today at RagingBabe.com. Use the promo code RB20 at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase today. That's code RB20 for 20% off your entire purchase today. Only at RagingBabe.com. So join the movement and see why attitude and loyalty become passion and determination only at RagingBabe.com. All right, we are yeah. back. Shout out to Abnimadis for, you know, waking up early, taking this girl to school, jumping on the phone with us. I mean, the guy just fought, you know, Saturday night, and he called in to the morning punching show. So mad respect, shout out to him. Today, let, let's finish up and wrap up Charlo Williams here. Let's go to your yes. hot question. You asked a really, really good question um, on social media. You said, after the knockout over Julian Williams, where does Jamal Charlo rank? amongst the rest of the junior middleweights in that division. Um, if you want to go ahead and, and share some of the responses from Twitter, you've got a bunch here. <laughs> yeah, wow, you guys like that question. Ooh. So here is one from me, Raymond Boone. He says, he's top 10, Canelo, Boo Boo, and Maul. I mean, excuse me, top two, Canelo, Boo Boo, and Maul, any order you want. For your information, at that weight, they better be careful with him. Size and strength are also very tough. 
Thank you for your response. Uh, Mr. Lowplace says that behind Laura, but over everyone else. Another person says their ranking is number one, Eric Landy, Laura, Canelo, Jamal, Jermel, and then Boo Boo Andrade. Uh, King Ooh. William says that he's currently third behind Canelo and Lara. Um, <laughs> I can't read your, well, you know, we a grown-up show. Fuck GGG Loma and Kovalev says that Charlo is number three under Canelo and Boo Boo. And let's see. Somebody said, I thought it was pretty funny. Good loss, bad win says. I thought it was pretty funny. Everyone wanted Charles to lose so bad. Yep, even the media. I wouldn't say that to be true. I just think that the general sentiment was that it would be a more competitive fight. I think the general consensus is that Williams still has more skills in the arsenal, just he got outpowered by a really big Charlo who knocked him smooth out. And... I think that's just the general sentiment. A couple more responses to the question. Uh, Don Harum said, hard to say. Seems like everyone in the junior middleweight division is fighting tune-up fights. At this point, he's got to be top 10. Very, very good point. Um, that just goes back to what you said earlier, RB, about not losing a round in nine fights. But, you mm-hmm. know, how do you really put that into the equation? Does that mean that you're superior or does that mean your opposition sucks? So, very mm-hmm. good point. You know, our our, yeah. our listeners are very astute, RB. Well, I'll say after that fight, um, I definitely give Jamal Charlo props. I do think he's up there probably in the top five in right. that junior middleweight division. Canelo's in there. I just need Andrade to fight. I want to put Andrade in there, and he had a spectacular performance against Willie Nelson over the summer. And then once again, we haven't seen him again. So, and, you know, he's hysterical. I think he bum-rushed the, the post-fight press conference day. He was <laughs> ripping the mics out of people's hands and calling out yeah. the Charlos. And make sure yeah. you go to badculture.net. Jay got that on um, on video, right, on YouTube. I sure do. I sure do. Boo Boo Andrade is a funny. character. If you listen to RB and J, you've heard Boo Boo Andrade on here a few times, and he's definitely a character. But let's bring that character back to the ring. He seems to have some trouble getting there. Yeah. So, what I will say in wrapping up this weekend's fight is every prime versus prime matchup this year has really worked well, and it has lived up to its expectations. If we look at Chocolatito Quadra, Thurman mm-hmm. Porter, Ward mm-hmm. Colette, Frampton Santa Cruz, Charlo J-Rock, these were all fights that were made for prime versus prime guys, and that's when you get really good fights. So we need to keep doing that in 2017. These guys in their prime have got to fight each other. It doesn't matter if you win or you lose. You know, they end up being really good matchups, and you live to see another day whether you win or you lose. You know, right. J-Rock lost, but he showed a lot of heart. He's going to get another fight. You he's know, he's not done. He's definitely not done. J-Rock is, what, 26 years old? Let's yeah. take a look. Let's compare him to another person who got their opportunity very, very quickly, Vasil Lomachenko. Vasil Lomachenko got a title mm-hmm. shot. And look at him now. So I think Julian Williams is going to be <laughs> A-OK. One thing's for sure, L.A. got love for Julian Williams. He could fight here again because the L.A. crowd was not having it fight night. They did not like yeah. Charlie Shanigan. But hey, boxing, it's not a tea party. So, J-Rock, if you I can have you. Yeah, you know, I think 
Charlo becoming the heel after the fight really didn't hurt him yeah. as much as people think. Maybe uh, exactly. you know the fans were billing him and throwing beer at him. But this guy, mm-hmm. I haven't heard this many people talk about him ever. Right. So, it, you know, I guess it's so, you know, boxing needs villains, too. And I guess now he's the villain. That's right. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Floyd Mayweather made millions off of playing the heel. So. That's right. Hey, and he's Jay, doing is, it anybody right. In, is anybody in our switchboard willing to play Know It or Blow It? If anybody see, is daring to be great. I see, man, I see the 773, the 404, the 330, the 267, the 8109, the 504. Let's play Know It or Blow It. Oh, it looks like the 845 press one, and they want to do some Know It or Blow It. 845-248, you're on with the Morning Punch-In Show. Who is this, and where are you calling from? What's up, guys? New York, YDK. What's YDK? up? YDK! What up, what up, what up? What up? I know that you just want to speak your piece. I don't think you want to play note or blow it. No. No, no, listen. I want to say something. I'm going to get to the point about J-Rock, right? Yeah. Like, it shows how pathetic boxing is now, right? That one guy gets lost and knocked out, and it's like a big deal. You know, it's like uh, mm. like you have to hire a, a PR agent. You know, I'm working. I'm out of breath. You have to hire a PR agent for a loss. Like, that's bullshit. You know what? When you, when you step up and you, you face a tough opponent, you win or you lose. End the end the you know like, end the story. So I don't think any explanations need to be given from him or his camp or his people. He took a loss. Mm-hmm. He got knocked out. He got hit with a shot that anybody in that weight division would have got knocked out. Yeah. You know. So the kid got up. He showed he got heart. He showed he got skills. We can't say that he's chinny because you you, you just never know. No excuses. You know, Charlo fought a better fight. But at the same token, you know, like Al Heyman fighters. It's not a reputation. It's a fact that these guys, when they take vital testing, they fail. Um, mm. Charlo is way too big to be a 154-pounder. I remember about he a year ago, huge. he was saying he's moving up. Yeah, he was moving up to 60. And I want to know, like, how do these guys make 54 and have all that mm. energy and strength? Because that, to me, is just not natural. It's just not right, you know. And, and it's funny, Richard Schaefer's back in the mix, but it was Richard Schaefer when he was running Golden Boy Promotion that got rid of vital testing when all Heyman fighters kept testing positive for steroids. You know, so no one's what? talking about that. You know, was there testing done for Saturday's fight? So, I don't know that J-Rock was clean, but how do we know that Charlo was clean? We don't know that. You know, they started instituting testing, and then fighters started testing positive. So, they got rid of that because it wasn't good for business. Mm-hmm. So Well, let, let me interject right here. Two years ago, when Al Heyman rolled out the red carpet and put out the press release that PBC was a thing, in that press release, I remember vividly it said that all of his fighters were going to have to undergo random, vigorous drug testing year-round. And that has not happened. It has not happened. Because it's not good for business. What are you going to do when these guys, you know, test positive? Are you going to call off a fight or are you going to make exceptions or backroom deals are going to be made? And we know that Richard Schaefer is the king of backroom deals because I still remember when 50 Cent put him on blast with Heyman about them making backroom deals with the MGM behind Floyd's back. So, you know, this is just more of the same old. You know, like, how do we know that the sport is clean? And how do we know that the best is going to be done? I'm not buying the whole, you know, Richard Schaefer um, doing right by media. That's just that's just PR work. You know, that's just him trying to clean up the, well, the of image course. of PBC. You know, all Richard Schaefer is is, like, the evolution of PBC because that model <laughs> didn't work. It was absolute shit. So he wants to step in now, and Heyman is actually repaying him for what he did the number that he did on Oscar. 
So it's just more of the same. You know, you're not going to see better fights. You're not going to see testing. You know, just look at look at uh, look at the travesty of Triple G and Jacobs. Did anyone really believe yeah. that that fight was going to happen? You know, look at look at this. Look, look at Eddie. Look at Eddie Hearns, right? Eddie Hearns. Look at Anthony Joshua, which I think he's like the British version of Deontay Wilder. An exciting big fighter that to me is a hype job. We don't know yet if he can take a shot because he hasn't faced a live opponent. I mean, these guys have faced more bumps than a Central Park bench, right? But look how quick Eddie Hearns made a fight with Klitschko. That's good business, and that's a good step up. But who is Wilder fighting next? What other fights is Heyman mm-hmm. making? You know what I'm saying? Like, Richard, you know, he's got Richard Schaefer now, but what, what is Richard Schaefer going to do for a promotion but maybe give you a coupon discount for Corona beers or the copy? You know, so it doesn't happen here. You look at you look at an American boxing pay per view card, and it's absolute trash. Where's the value in that? And you know, and look, I don't want to give people a business lesson, but everybody knows value is the difference between what you pay and what you think you get. Take the mm-hmm. UFC for example; you get a lot more than what you pay for. You order a boxing card, or you watch a boxing card, and what do you get? You get shit, time and time again. Every now and then, you get a good fight, and people brag about that. But listen, that's not a brag about a broken clock that's right twice a day. So there's just more more of the same old. I wish it was true that better fights were going to be made. I wish we knew these fighters were clean. And when a guy gets knocked out on a guy loses, big fucking deal. You know, Roberto Duran got knocked out cold by Tommy Hearns, and look at what he came back to do. So mm-hmm. it's, not the, it's, not the end of the, it's not the end of the road for a guy. He lost. He stepped up. You know what? Good for him. He's a, he's a throwback fighter. J-Rock went in there, took a good test, and he got beat. End the story. He'll come back from that. It's not the end of the day. And let me chime in here. That's a Philly fighter for you. He just wanted a shot, and that, and he got his shot, and he got knocked out. Okay, but you know we can look at Gabe Rosado and say the same thing about him. He took a fight with Golovkin when he probably shouldn't have, but it didn't break him. If anything, it made him. Where you can't break his spirit, you can't break his character. This is where fighters are truly tested. So this is where we're going to see what Julian is really made of. You know, is that loss going to break him or make him? Absolutely. Gabe Rosado is a good example of that. Toledo is another good example of that. But it's finally good to have an American fighter that has heart like that and steps up. You know, Toledo has all these losses, right? But how, all of us would tune in if yeah. he was going to fight next. If Lemachenko right. fights him next, we'll all tune in. Everybody is tuning in to see that fight. Why? Because That's we don't right. care about the guy's losses. We know that win or lose, it's always a good fight. It's always a yep. good performance. Gabe Rosado, win or lose, guess what? People still tune in. And the guy still sells a ton of tickets. Why? Because the guy got hard going to fight to the end. Yes, you're yeah. right. Listen, b- before before we let you go, we have a game that we uh, play called Know It or Blow It where we ask a trivia question. Um, do you want to play? Sure, why not? Okay, Jay, we're going to give him 10 seconds on the clock. Let's do it. All right. Uh, you got 10 seconds. We need you to name us four fighters whose last name starts with the letter S. Four fighters S- whose last name starts with the letter S is in Sam. Uh, Smith, the four Canelo, um, you got me there. <laughs> Sorry. Damn, Salido, Smith, Salido. Oh. Wow, that's epic fail. <laughs> yo, you know what's funny? You guys, when, yo, I'm going to say something. When you said, you asked Abner Mars a question. I was waiting for it. I was like, yeah, she got him out. And, and, you know, it was actually nice. Like, when you brought up Frank Espinosa, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And he gave a very nice political answer to that. But I thought you were going to blast him because I, I never let Abner Mars go off the hook 
for what, how he, how dirty he bit Frank Espinosa after Espinosa was dancing. We had eye injury. He couldn't get fights. He was down and out on money. You know, that guy carried him. And then he turns yeah. around and he screwed him to go sign with Heyman. That's why ever since he did that, I wish him nothing but the worst in the ring. Because I'm, I'm I, one of those old school guys. You stick with your, you stick with the people that got you there. They're right by you when, when all, all hell was breaking loose. So. You're right. You're right. And I, and, yeah, I think Espinosa will get his revenge if they can make that Oscar Valdez fight. But anyway, UDK, thank you for calling in. Thank you for Bye, playing. Um, everybody is loving you. We're going to put you back in the queue. Thanks a lot. That's what's up. Good, yes. good, good caller. Yes. Good, good caller. He always got a, a lot on his dome. So shout out to YDK for calling in and rocking with us this morning on the Morning Punch. Yeah, we have, a few mi- we have a few minutes here, um, and I want to make sure we dish the word on the curve. So I'm going to run yes. through some hot topics that um, formulated last week that maybe uh, blew over your head. Toriano Johnson is returning um, mm-hmm. on January 28th on that Golden Boy card. Cotto Canelo is currently <sighs> scheduled for February 25th in Dallas on pay-per-view. That is not a healthy start to the new year. No, no. Cotto Kirkland. That is very disappointing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's disappointing. There's no reason why that should be pay-per-view. Yeah, Miguel Cotto, we know you got your deal with Rock Nation, but just because you have it, doesn't mean you should do it. We don't even know if Kirkland is even going to get to that point. Where is Ann Wolf at to make sense of all this? Yeah, well, they do say he is going to have Ann Wolf back in his corner, so that, that'll be uh, fun to watch. Anyway, the co-main event possibly will be Rigadale versus Moises Flores, so look out for that. Mm. Other news last week, Adrian Broner was hit for damages in a sex tape yeah. lawsuit. He was ordered to pay $175,000 <laughs> to one of his co-stars in the sex tape that ended up on World Star Hip Hop. He said to the judge, look, I got three phones. I got a business phone, I got a family phone, and I got a hoe phone. And my hoe phone did not was not password protected, and somebody <laughs> leaked the tape, not me. And the judge was like, you fool of shit, you got to pay this girl $175,000. It just wow. don't stop for Adrian Broner. Uh, anyway, Earl Spence, Earl Spence uh, wants that UBS title. He wants that Kel Brook fight. Kel Brook is a name. Um, he wants that fight more than anyone else. Okay, so he's waiting on a February purse bid to start negotiating. Now, this is what sucks. Earl Spence fought Bundu in, what, August? Right, the purse during bid the Olympics. Isn't until, yeah, the, the purse bid for the Kel Brook fight isn't until February. Then they got to negotiate. So when are we really going to see Earl Spence back? This right. is too long. This is too long of a layoff since the Bundu fight. He needs to get in there and stay busy. Um, I, I just don't want to see him become irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? No. Because he, he's waiting on Cal Brook. Yeah, that guy, you know, he the ratings did so well. They had the good Olympic lead-in for that for that fight. And it's just a shame to have this kid just hanging out there. He was out here in LA for the fight this weekend. And please, please powers that be at least in the meantime, give him a tune up. Keep that kid active. He's too young to be sitting on the shelf like that. Uh, yeah. But again, this is a common theme. Uh, anyway, Nazim Richardson was out there in LA this weekend, Jay. Um, yeah. And he pretty much blatantly put it out there that he never got a phone call from Bernard to train him for his last fight. Simple as that. He said, I'm healthy. I ain't got no personal problems. I don't know how those rumors were manufactured, if it came from B-Hop or whoever, 
But he said, look, Bernard's always operated this way. He does what he wants when he wants it. And he can go out any way he wants to. Oh, that's very classy of Brother Nassim. Brother Nassim, keep it classy, though. I, we won't see any uh, Facebook rants from him, I'm sure. Yeah. We're going to try to get Nassim on next week. We're going to see if we can make that happen. Uh, right. Anyway, we had some word on the curb here. Ooh. And then we're going to wrap up with this weekend's fight schedule. Jay's going to bring that to us. So okay. here we go. Word on the curb. Brandon Rios versus Victor Ortiz. It looks like that has been slotted for February 4th. Um, no location has yet been determined, but it will most likely land in L.A. Woohoo! Word, word on the curb. Arthur Spilka versus Dominic Brazil in the first quarter, 2017. Yo, hey, Spilka hey. versus Brazil. On that, I saw Dominic Brazil Saturday night, uh, Never in the area where the fight was, and if he's gonna fight, I know they heavyweights, but he better start running some, doing some road work. That's all I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> might want to do word some on road the, work. Right <laughs> on the curve. Thomas Topdog Williams versus Marcus Brown has been finalized. Marcus Brown yes. finally signed the contract. That fight has been made. They're just trying to figure out which date and where to put it. Top Dog is more of a spike fighter. You know, he always makes a really good entertaining fights, and the Spike Network seems to have really good entertaining fights. So they want that fight on Spike. They're just trying to find the date. So uh, look out for Top Dog versus Marcus Brown. Mike Reed. Mike, Mike Reed. Reed. Versus yes, Jose Ramirez. Quarter 2017. Now that's, that kid Jose Ramirez. Busy. That yeah. kid stays busy. That's how you do it when you're a young fighter. Mike Reed fights like four or five times a year. Remember earlier I was saying that top rank has had Mike Reed fighting like tough Mexicans. Like his last four fights, he's fought like really tough, rugged Mexicans. And I'm like, there's a common theme there. And there was. And it's because the big fight for Mike Reed is going to be Jose Ramirez, the kid out of mm. California who fights for water and like, 13,000 people show up to his fight. That's right. it. That's good. That's a good fight. Yeah. That's a good That's fight. A good fight. Word on the curb is Sean Porter has been really campaigning and fighting behind the scenes to get a fight with either Lamont Peterson or Andre Berto, but that does not seem to be coming to fruition. Lamont Peterson wants a big, big payday, and he wants to walk away. And Andre Berto thinks that he's um, the shit, apparently. <laughs> since he fought Floyd Mayweather, and he, he ain't fighting for no little coins. He wants big nah. money, and a Porter-Berto fight really isn't a big money fight. So these Not at guys all. are, you know, outpricing themselves from good fights, and that those are good fights to make. You wouldn't watch yeah. Sean Porter versus Lamont Peterson or versus Andre Berto. Those are two good fights. I'd absolutely watch that. Absolutely. So it's a shame. Come on, guys. We do know that we know that Berto has been with Heyman for a long time and he's among his most highly compensated fighters, but come on, come on, son. Yeah. We on the we on the sunset of the career. Let's let's just get these fights done. So in the meantime, Sean's just sitting there and, and being optimistic and, and he said he's praying that, you know, somebody wants to fight him sometime soon. Um all right, last bit of word on the curb I got, and this came from Jake Donovan over at Boxing Scene, is that Robert Easter will be fighting January 27th in Toledo, Ohio, on Bounce hmm. TV. He will be defending his belt 
on that card, we will see Rashi Warren and Jamel mm. Herring. Oh, okay. Nice January little stack card. I like E-Bunny. I got to figure out how I can watch this fight. Yeah. On Bounce TV, girl. You I don't even know what that, where do you even get Bounce TV? I, I, you know, they used to stream it on BounceTV.com, and it was actually a really oh. good, high-quality stream. And then their last couple fights, they took the stream away. I don't know if it was too expensive or whatever, but I hope they stream that fight. I don't have Bounce TV. Anyway, a couple minutes here, Jay. Why don't you wrap up? with this weekend's popular fight schedule. Let's do it on Friday on HBO Latino. Sullivan Barrera versus Vacheslav Shabronsky and also Eddie Eboy Gomez versus Rashidi Ellis. That will be on HBO Latino out here in California down at Fantasy Springs. Pretty, pretty good card there. On Saturday from on Panama Cable on the Sports from Russia, Alexander Povetkin versus Bermain Stavern. Let's hope he's hydrated. So heavyweight showdown happening there in Russia. I think the word is that the winner of Povetkin Stavern gets wilder. So better Povetkin than Stavern. So we'll see what happens with that. And of course, from my backyard, the final one, allegedly, Bernard Hopkins is taking on Joe Smith Jr. at the Forum here in Inglewood, California. If you're in LA, come out to the fight or come out and tailgate, kite your girl a beer. We'll talk about the fight, but you can watch that on HBO. All right. Thank you so much, Jay. Francisco Salazar from Boston Team also hit me up. Friday night, Miguel Moraga will be fighting Eduardo Montoya out of Columbia. I don't think there's mm. any way to watch it, but shout out to Francisco for dropping that over to us here. So that's a wrap, guys. Um, this is the Morning Punch and Show, RB&J. Make sure you visit BadCulture.net, BlackSportsOnline.com, RagingBabe.com. We have some Great specials on RagingBabe.com right now. Everything on the store, at the store, online, is only $15 except for hoodies. So make sure you go cop yourself a shirt or two or three. We appreciate you guys for listening to us this morning. Thank you, Jay, for always being the best co-host in the nation. Catch us every morning. Every, I'm sorry. Catch us every Monday morning from 8 to 9. It's a wrap. You better put that energy in the universe. Send us checks, and we could be on every day. Take care. Thank you.